You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmund since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmund, as well as Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. I, I haven't got into the Topo thing yet. I'm sure I will. Is it Pellegrino's the other one? Yeah, that? so that's where I started was Pellegrino. And okay. I, the first time I had it, my buddy's like, you gotta try it. You gotta try and it. I literally was like, dude, this is like chewing on foil. That's the <laughs> flavor. I don't even know if you can like think of that, but I was like, this is what it, but somehow I came to like it. Like the acquired taste, like <laughs> feeling, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. anyways. So it's Topo. Topo Chico. No more, I used to like the lime, but now I just like the straight mineral water, man. God. Yeah. Life of an athlete, right? You can't, <laughs> can't have that hard hitting Dr. Pepper, but you can find something. Hey, whatever takes the edge off, you know. Well, that's what it is, right? It's like taking that craving edge out of it. That's right. Um, all right, well, we're rolling, so I'll get into my intro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that voice that you hear is Mr. Blake Jarwin, who uh, is originally from Tull, played at Oklahoma State, go Pokes, and go had, Pokes. A, had a good stint at the Cowboys, and is fighting to get back, which we're going to talk about today. Um, thanks for coming down, mate. I know you've been, uh, it's been a bit of a mad kind of year for you, probably, and uh, you're, you know, you're the... Beckham was born last year, so mm-hmm. huge things are happening. Um, he got married what a couple of years ago. And Went on three years yeah, in February. So yep. It's been it's been a crazy few years. COVID's probably been pretty good to you. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like other yeah. than an injury, right? But right. Um, we'll dive into all that. Uh, tell me about current state of life at the moment. Where are you at? Yeah, I uh, we just moved back to we live in Arcadia now, so north side of Edmond. Um, we moved there 
about a year and a half ago now. So really loving it, being yeah. back close to family. Like we said, uh, Beckham about eight months old now. So having him close to grandparents has been awesome. I know some of your neighbors actually, and you're in a great neighborhood. Oh, I'm man. not going to name it, but you're in a great neighborhood. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, we got amazing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like I'm still training, and so I haven't been able to really connect with everybody, but everybody's so nice. So it's, yeah. been, it's been great to be back. And, you know, we're close to Stillwater, which is important to me and Peyton. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been a cool spot. Uh, still training. What's kind of training schedule and day to day look like? At the moment? Yeah, I uh, I did a procedure down in uh, Columbia for some stem cells uh, early January, and so right now it's kind of just take it easy, no weightlifting. Uh, it's all body weight movements, re- like really light physical therapy stuff, um, just to kind of strengthen things. I don't want to load the body right now, no explosive movements, stuff like that. So, uh, but kind of mid March, my plan is to go back down to Dallas and start training again. Okay. So you still technically kind of on contract down there? No, I uh, just have a group of people out of Prosper that okay. I really like to work with. Uh, I kind of use them during times of my my time in Dallas okay. with the Cowboys. So yeah, uh, you know the comfort level. Um, it's just and there's going to be some guys there that are going to be training for next year. So it's kind of good to jump in with a group like that. Yeah, you need to be. There's only so much stuff you can do on your own, right? And yeah. So much you can push yourself on your own. Right, right, yeah. It's, it definitely helps just that competitive spirit when you get with a bunch of guys who are all working towards the goal to get back. So uh, I look forward to it. I'm kind of like antsy right now. I had that in the injections early January, and so I've been kind of just sitting around for a month yeah. and a half. I'm like, I need to get going, man. I kind of, you just feel like you're kind of losing yourself, but. Uh, no, it's good. It's uh, I think it's necessary. Whether I get back on the field or not, I think it's something that I wanted to do. So. Yeah, yeah. I, we chatted before we started recording. Like you, you've got the bug, right? It's unfinished business. It's like a little bit more, maybe motivation more now than you had before just to get back into the mix because you've had a taste of it. Um, tell me about going to Columbia then. What's that like? It was kind of a spur-of-the-moment deal. I was training into last year kind of uh, October to December, and uh, you know I had a pretty big hip procedure. Uh, kind of give people my past. I tore my ACL, then I had a back issue, and I had to get a discectomy back there. And then I, my hip was just totally gone. So I have what's called a hip resurface in there. Okay. And so it's metal on metal. I still got my femur, but uh, I've got a metal ball and joint in there. So yeah. pretty wild. Um, and it's like nobody's ever really come back in the NFL from that. So, but I had an amazing doctor up in New York, uh, kind of helped me. And then I've, I talk to those guys all the time. And then I've got a group out of Dallas and a group out of Oklahoma to kind of help me rehab this thing. It's good yeah. to have, I think, a lot of people around. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, so that kind of kind of got me off the, the rails a little bit, but it's good to be back. I'm feeling better, but uh, definitely wasn't there yet. So I drove, I made a decision late December to, to go down to Columbia and try a stem cells, kind of a different way to approach things rather than just have a surgery. So, yeah. uh, but I'm feeling good. Like I said earlier, we're, I'm only kind of right at that five, six week mark. So um but, uh, you know, optimistically, you can see results up to nine months. And okay. so that was kind of my goal. Yeah. Uh, who put that on the radar for you, like the stem cell stuff? Like, who suggested it? Uh, I, I had a, a couple people down in Dallas I've talked to. Another guy, uh, Luke, Luke Miller. Um, he's a good friend of mine, also a PT. And uh, he was just kind of like, he's always kind of thrown the idea out, me, out to me. Um, and finally, I was like, man, I think I think so. I think I'm going to go try it. And so you literally, I, I got there New Year's Day. And for four straight days, I'm seeing doctors and getting injections and all this kind of crazy stuff for four straight days. And I get in a plane, I leave. Yeah. So uh, I didn't get to see a lot of Medellin, but sure. I mean, man, great food, awesome people. The, the like It was called Bio Accelerator. It was an amazing first-class facility down there. It was, it was really neat. So yeah. really cool experience. 
yeah, just stuff like that, right? Just like you tick the box and you're like, wow, I get to do this. This yeah, is really yeah. cool. And, and obviously there's a benefit to it. Uh-huh. Hopefully, you know, long by the end, you know, by the end of the year, you see a real benefit to right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about the football thing then. You, you grew up in Tuttle always? Yeah, I moved to Tuttle uh, in second grade. So I kind of grew up, I mean, yeah. most of my life. That's actually where I started playing Little League football. Was, I was eight years old and my neighbor came over. He's like, dude, you should try to play. I'm like, I don't even know what the sport is right now. I'm eight years old. Yeah. And uh, played, loved it, never looked back. And so uh, kind of grew up into it and played high school, uh, walked on at Oklahoma State, and then was a free agent for Dallas. And yeah. so... Uh, kind of always loved the grind of it mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a fun journey obviously yeah. I miss it I'm crazy enough to go back with all these injuries that I've had uh, just that competitiveness of it it's an amazing yeah amazing thing yeah sport does that to us right regardless of what your sport is um, it doesn't have to be I mean it doesn't right. have to be sport but just if, if you're an entrepreneur or whatever you get that competitive juice in you you always want to better yourself and see what's next right. and when you, you know when you're in high school and you're going through that and you you know you get your first kind of big wins and you come off the field with a buzz, right? Like, you want to chase that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, through high school, then, was it always, like, Oklahoma State? You mentioned you walked on. Obviously, it seems like there's a big cut-tell connection to Oklahoma State, although Jason White went to right. you, who's probably, you know, most people know who Jason White is. Um, but... Yeah, why, why Oklahoma State? So it was uh, it's definitely like a it's like a split town almost. You have like hardcore okay. OU fans, hardcore Oklahoma State fans in Tuttle, uh, which is awesome. Just the environment. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. It's a small town. I grew up a huge OU fan because of Jason White. Being a Tuttle guy, going to OU, winning the Heisman Trophy. It's just something you look up for. He actually, uh, he lives about a mile and a half from my parents' house okay. still to this day. So it's really cool. I mean, I've met him a handful of times and got to talk to him. Uh, but yeah, grew up a huge fan. And then um, when it came time to kind of choose what the next step was going to be, I had a few Division two offers in state and out of state and um, had the opportunity. I was talking to UTSA, Texas San Antonio, and they're like, yeah, we want to have you down here. And I was really excited. And I remember I was getting on a plane back to Oklahoma from a school up in North Dakota. And... Uh, they called me on my way back and like, hey, we just filled the spot, the scholarship spot. Uh, sorry, no need to come see us. And it like broke my heart, yeah. you know. But it kind of also gave me that extra motivation. And I, uh, I went in, I talked to my head coach, I talked to my parents, and I was like, look, I know I have all these offers, and some are going to pay for full tuition with you know my athletic scholarship and my academic scholarship at the D2 level. So I was like, that's that's amazing. But I was like, look, I want to go try. I said, I want to play in front of all these people, and I think I can do it. And uh, I actually went home and I emailed Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And uh, OU never never reached back out, but OSU said, hey, look, we can't promise you anything, but you can come up here and check it out and then try to walk on. And so I literally did the, I'm not, I wasn't a preferred walk on. I went up and I did, I, 225 bench press, how many, like rep max, uh, the 40 yard dash, the vertical. And like, that's how I luckily got picked up. I don't know. I don't know what they saw back then, but, uh, you know, just needed that chance and kind of went from there. I mean, what's kind of in your mindset when you're driving up to to Stillwater and you're like, I've basically got three workouts to to make a huge difference and make it. I mean, I'm enrolled. I'm, they don't do the walk on 
tryouts until the second week of school. So oh, you go through right. welcome week, and I'm not even on the team yet. And uh, these guys have gone to fall camp, and they're still working, and they had a game that weekend versus Savannah State, you know, so it's pretty crazy. And then you get there, and like, you know, so I'm like blown away. All these top tier athletes are there, and I'm just trying this workout out. So. Uh, like I said, I don't know, you know, what they saw, but or if they just need an extra guy on scout team. But yeah. I just wanted that chance, and I remember getting a phone call, like, "Hey, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we want you to be on our team." And it was like one of the craziest. You need to get to call your parents and say, "Look, I, I made it. You know, I, I, I bet on myself and I made it." And so uh, it was amazing. And uh, it, tough times, though. You know, being a walk on, uh, a little bit different back then than now. Okay. Not like it's easy these days, but even back then we couldn't. They had, uh, you know, what they call training table and walk ons just. There's no budget for it, and it wasn't allowed per NCAA rules, so we couldn't go up there and eat. You know, we had a, after practice, all the scholarship guys are going upstairs to go eat their food, their free food, and hang out. And me and a handful of other guys got to go back to the dorms and eat whatever we can get our hands on. So, uh, super sad. I had my parents were amazing. My grandma. Uh, just financially supporting me through that, you know, they helped me uh, kind of get everything lined up. So, just to give me that opportunity, man, I'll always yeah. be thankful for that. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's wild, right? That you're just like second week of school, like everyone's. It seems like it, is it still the same now with walk-ons, or do they do it? Yeah, they uh, they still do it. I think I'm not sure what the timetable is. Yeah. They have a spring tryout too. Um, but the fall, I think, is the second week of school. Kind of get the guys enrolled and then see what you go got. from there. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. But uh, and then you know even then I'm like in the normal dorms and then there's right. like the athletic dorms over here and so I'm you're, you're kind of disconnected. You gotta re I mean you gotta really want it and yeah. uh, it's uh, but man I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah, you know I, I love it. I love talking to walk-ons who are going through issues or thinking about walking on. Like it's kind of you know my forte. So yeah. even uh, you know being a free agent it was. Uh, still different but I mean yeah I've always loved that the grind that kind of comes with being at the bottom of the totem pole and kind of making your way up to yeah the that kind of chip on your shoulder that mm -hmm. gives you an, the edge and like that extra like no I'm going to prove you wrong right yeah exactly yeah what uh, I mean you, you know you, you're you're separated right you're, you know you're, you're not in the athlete dorm you're doing all these things and you're away from like the guys because it's such a team thing yeah. right like you know camaraderie is huge. huge right the locker room scene and how many of how many walk-ons were there when you walked on? Just a few of you. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of how many scholarships they have. Like 85 scholarships or 90 scholarships now. I'm yeah. not for sure. It's a high number. So there's about 40 walk-ons. Oh, okay. uh, but with my group, you know, there's probably 20 to 25. Yeah. Uh, preferred, and then just guys like me who made it through the tryout uh, to kind of fill the rest of the roster. And so there's a big group. But by the time I graduated, I think there's only three or four left so you kind of see everybody yeah kind of go through the progression of it and uh, you know it's it's like i said it's it can't it's not always easy yeah it can be tough on you what do you you mentioned talking to preferred you know to talking to walk-ons now like what, what do you like to talk to them about what do you what's the advice that you give them and, and tell them yeah i just the first question is like do you love it do you love football are you ready to have you know tough times where Maybe you're not the first guy up on the list to, to have that opportunity, yeah. but you got to make sure that you're always ready for that opportunity too when it comes. And so that's kind of my, my biggest thing is always be prepared for when that opportunity is presented. You may only get one shot. I'm not saying be nervous, but make sure that you, you put in the work to be prepared for when that opportunity show presents itself. And so, um, you know, and that, that's kind of, we go from there. And uh, I'm happy to always talk to guys like that. I uh, stay close with my, my tight ends coach at Oklahoma State, um, Jason McIndoe, great guy. 
Uh, but anytime he's got a guy that's kind of like on the fence, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll talk to him and I'll be real with him. You know, I don't want to trouble a guy who's got other offers right. uh, just to say, hey, no, go play there. Uh, you know, it's got to you got to really want it, and yeah. and you got to understand the consequences and you know circumstances that you you go with when you choose a place like that. So, or a, a walk on spot right. instead of taking scholarship. So. Uh, as a young kid, you don't always think of like the financial side of that. And uh, luckily I had good people in my life and then I was able to, you know, go to the next step and, and yeah. pay all that stuff off. But uh, it can be something that you don't always think about. Right. What, uh, I mean, obviously like we watch stuff on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. And it's all, you know, that, that quote, like burning the boats, right. And not having a plan B. It's probably different for you, although you really wanted that opportunity and you just mentioned always being prepared, like there is effectively a plan B there because you, you have a management degree from Oklahoma State. Like talk me through that kind of mindset as well when you're going in and you're like, wow, I have my spot now, but I still, I'm still, a, I'm still getting a degree here, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it was important to me to graduate. Um, I love business. I think it's like we talk, like competitive spirit of things. And I haven't necessarily figured that next step out when it comes to what's next for me. I've got a few ideas. I'm just like, how do I even right. start with this? While I still follow football and see yeah. if like if I pursue it, you know, and see if that can happen for me. Uh, but it was important for me to have a, a, a plan where, hey, if this doesn't work out, there's a there's something else that I can work towards and you know be successful at. And I look forward to that next phase. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure where it's going to take me yet, but. Um, it's just, I think, that competitive spirit like we talk about, man. I think people just have that inside of them, and uh, it's, it just drives you. Yeah. You mentioned family being great support. Tell me about that first phone call when you got when you you know you get that spot. It's yeah. Cool. It was, uh, I'll tell you, prior to that, it's difficult, right? Like I said, I have other options where I'm going to be financially sound, and I'm going to have a chance. You know, when people come to you and say, hey, we want you to play, there's they want you to be there for a reason. They believe in you. And I had a few teams really do that for me. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. And uh, to tell my parents, hey, look, I'm not going to do that. I want to go here. It's stressful. It's hard on the the family, Uh, mostly because they they don't want to see me get crushed. You know, they want me to succeed and be happy and to to take a big chance like that. You know, it doesn't always work out for everybody. But I'd say that was one of the best phone calls I've ever made to my parents was saying, hey, look, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on the team at Oklahoma State. And, you know, uh, to see a whole family go from – hardcore OU fans to you know just orange and black through and through now is just amazing Uh, and uh, so yeah definitely I I remember I was in the commons area of my dorm and uh, when they called me and I just immediately hung up and you know called my parents and so it was uh, was awesome you know it's something that paid off and I think about that moment a lot yeah it's so special to have that moment right and just to I mean I got kind of chills thinking about like making that phone call because I've made it's not that scale of phone calls but I, under, I know what it's like to just be like first person you call is your family who've sacrificed everything mm-hmm. for you just yep. to give you that shot right yep. it's a super emotional moment and it's something that you'll always remember and they'll always remember too yep. and then like you said they're all kind of gone from a hardcore OU fans now it's just, it's just a total black. 180 yeah so and like all of our friends back home are OU fans so it's like definitely a rivalry now yeah. well, you know not anymore I guess but right. for the last few years it's been fun to okay. kind of banter back and forth. So you're in, you dive in, you're throwing everything at it. Um, well, I guess what were the, what were the, what was that first year like? Yeah, like I talk about those hardships. Um, it's it's kind of mentally tough on you. At at first, I'm grateful to be there. Um, whatever my role is, I'm fine with yeah. it. I just want to be there and sacrifice where I can, and kind of just keep my mouth shut throughout the season and. 
uh, I'll never forget it. We get into the off-season program, the winter program, and uh, the whole year, the strength coach is like, what's your name, new guy? What's your name, new guy? What's your every day, every workout. And part of that's like, maybe he doesn't know my name. The other part is like, maybe he's just trying to see if I'm mentally tough enough to, uh, to accept my, my position right now. And uh, so I made it a point when we got to winter programs that I was going to prove myself. And we have like team competitions where there's a, you know, five or six to 10 teams. I can't remember how many teams, but guys pick guys on the team. Like, Hey, I want this guy to, you know, and, and I was like one of the last picks cause I'm just a freshman. Nobody knows me. And I ended up doing pretty well there. You know, I made a name for myself in that aspect. Um, get into year two and optimistic, you know, and then things just, I go to training camp, um, still not playing, you know, don't really have a chance to play right now. Um, and you know, kind of like, man, this is tough. Like, this is where reality kind of sets in. Like, oh, you know, maybe it's not going to be there. And uh, I'll never forget, it was like midway through the season, we're about to go play Texas Tech. And uh, Gundy walks up to me. He's like, hey, what do you, because we didn't have a tight end at the time. And uh, he's like, what do you think about starting a tight end position back up here, you and a few other guys? And I'm like, I'm in, man. I'm in. Put me wherever you and I've been with the receivers. I'm a little bit big to be a receiver, you know. Uh, but I knew I actually played offensive line in, in high school because we didn't have enough guys really to play. Like I, I just had to do it. And yeah. team sport, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm in. And uh, but I was like, I'm not an offensive lineman. I'm too. I'm not. That's not me. Yeah. So I go with receivers as a walk on. And he comes to me and I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, go with Coach Wick in the offensive line for the rest of the year. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I get thrown in from like, I, I don't know if people know much about it, but the offensive line and the receiver rooms are two totally different, like, organisms. Like, everything about it is different. Every approach to life. And, uh, but super cool for me to go in that. And then I started traveling with the team after that, which was amazing. I didn't play that whole second year, but uh, got to be a part of it. Started traveling, started practicing towards, you know, what was going to be next in my career. And uh, third year, really start to see it come together and get on special teams, play a little bit of tight end, a little bit of receiver, and then just slowly fourth year play more, fifth year play more. So it was amazing, yeah, uh, just to kind of see it grow. And, and you learn, and people hear it all the time about the process, the process, the process. And you go through something like that, and you're like, man, I look back at that, and I'm very happy and super proud of my accomplishments but more proud of myself going through the process and like the grind of that and building onto something every single day. I mean, man, it's special. You know, I got to really put something together and see myself grow as an athlete. And uh, that's definitely something that, you know, that makes my skin crawl. You know, I want that for other guys to push through hard times and, and see yourself succeed and get better and better. Yeah, because some of us are, you know, fortunate. Some people out there are fortunate enough to have natural talent and they get it first thing and they're in and they're a starter. But there's so much learned in just like you said, back to the process of whatever that process is, you can you can kind of relate it to everything, any sport, any business, or just every day, just building, right? And stacking wins mm -hmm. every day. That's right, even and if they're then, small. like you said, three years, four years later, you're like, you know, you're at, and then you, you know, go yeah. from walking on to, you know, playing for the Cowboys, which is like a pretty awesome story. Yeah. I went from, you know, like I talked about my strength coach saying, What's your name, new guy? Now me and Coach Glass have an amazing relationship. I can text him today and we can have an hour-long chat, you know, so it's it's really cool. And that was special for me. You know, I don't hold anybody against that. I want you to test yeah. me. I want I want you to push me mentally, physically, emotionally, and, and really I think that's where you get, you know, to where you want to be. So Yeah. Yeah, and I like 
the older you get, you want to put, you want to do that to others, right? You want to do that to the walk-ons that you speak to. You want to do that as a dad, like in right. a good way, right? To raise, you know, kids or whatever it is, like, you know, because of the process that you've been through and the wins that you've seen. Yes, it's hard to do, but you become out, you come out so much better than someone just saying, you know, give me a little rub on the back and like, oh, you'll get it tomorrow. Right, right, <laughs> or, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But you got to get it today too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when Gundy comes to you and says, hey, when you go with the uh, defensive line instead of being with the receivers, does he tell you to gain a bunch of weight, start eating? Like, I mean, so, that's a huge difference. Yeah, too. yeah. I weighed about 200. and I didn't really grow in high school until I was about a junior. I went from I, I, freshman, I was 5'8 in high school. I graduated around 6'3, 205 pounds. So yeah. just starting to really right. take off. And uh, I think by my second year, you know, I'm 6'4", I'm still growing, uh, 215 pounds. So I put on a little bit of weight, but I still got a ways to go, maybe 220. And the the offensive line coach comes up to me and he's like, so you want to be a tight end, huh? And Coach Wickline, I mean, an amazing guy. I mean, his personality is unmatched by anybody. People would just have to be in a room to understand it. But uh, he's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home every day. And eat a jar of peanut butter. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you're way too light for that. You're not going to make it. An like, entire jar. Yeah. And like, I'm like, a little scared of this. I'm like, yes, sir. You know? And so I go home and I'm like, I try it. And I'm like, man, that's not for me, really. You know, I'll try to eat as much as I can. But I was like, coach, I don't know. And he's like, no, you got to keep doing it. And so, you know, luckily I'm still growing. And so I, I get to 6'5, 240 pounds by the end of the next year. Man, I was like, I don't know if that's like the right approach for me or not, but yeah, they definitely like you need to beef up a little bit. So I think I got to 230 pounds in college. Are you just eating it straight from the spoon? Are you? Yeah, man, I went straight. Are you making sandwich like the Jif jug and just spoon and just trying it? But eventually, it was like I gotta at least make sandwiches. I guess I can't keep doing this. And so the other approach was go home and eat a whole pizza, which that was much more easy for me to conquer. Yeah, oh yeah, you like love it. So. Uh, but by, like at that time, my metabolism was like off the charts, so <laughs> I could eat whatever chicken nuggets, and I'd be like gaining muscle. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Just going to Sam's or going to Walmart, and just buying the cheapest one I could find too. And I'm like, great, so yeah, yeah. I would not like when I talk to guys now. I don't mention that part of it. I'm like, maybe have like a little bit of a diet or like a nutrition plan. Yeah. If you got any questions, call me. But uh, you know, it, it was interesting. Can you look at peanut butter now? Yeah, yeah. It's still, I, like I said, I didn't. I was like, I will ruin this, and I love peanut butter too okay, much to yeah. do that. So, um, yeah. But I think about it every time I look at the, the jar. I'm like, oh. Like takes me back for a second. God, that's how yeah. many how many days in a row did you do that for? Like four, and I was like, I didn't get the whole jar <laughs> down, but I'm like, I'll try. I think it took me like four days to get the jar down. I was yeah. like, I coach, I can't do it. <laughs> Calls you soft, like yeah, yeah. Uh, did they? Did you have like daily weigh-ins and stuff as well? No, not in uh, not in college. When you get to the next level, they have weekly weigh-ins, yeah. which is can be pretty tough. Like if you're overweight, you get fined. Which luckily, my even yeah, then I was two forty five, and my my weight was like two seventy. So I could I never had you an issue. Fine. Yeah, yeah. God, what? So how different? You mentioned they're two different organisms, and obviously there's a vast difference between. But like, tell me about the guys in the group at that time. Like, were your receiver group, and and then obviously going to the O line. Like, I mean, tell me about it. What's the difference? Take us to the locker room. Like, funny stories, whatever you want to say. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's just. You, receivers are they want the ball in their hands you know they're 
I'm not going to say like pretty boys or anything like that, but like that's where they make their, you know, that's where you make your money. Um, There's uh, Coach Dunn, the receivers coach and offensive coordinator there, does an amazing job. And he's very disciplined and he's not going to let you get a big head. There's a little bit of give on, you know, certain guys have certain play styles and you play to that strength. You're an offensive line and it's a five, I mean, within a team, that's a team. And so you got to work together, and it's all in unison. And, and you you really see these guys are tight knit, both sides, um, both rooms. But it was a uh, it was really cool. But I mean, you you go from guys hanging out to where these guys are actually eating like full jugs of peanut butter, not because they're forced, but because they love peanut butter. You know what I mean? And so it's like I remember I was at a another uh, buddy of mine, Jeremy Seaton, who was a tight end fullback. Uh, we're at the we live together my junior year, his senior year, and we're at a, it's, uh, it's, it's like a Walmart, or it's not a Walmart, I can't remember the name of the store there. Anyways, there's this Krispy Kreme donuts like on the side of like, by the cash register, and like, I'm talking to him like, dude, who, who buys these? And three seconds later, a good buddy of mine now, his name is Zach Veach, who became a lineman and he like transformed into a tight end, comes in off of his moped, picks up this bag of Krispy Kreme donuts, and he's a lineman at this time and checks out and leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I understand. Like, that, that's exactly who buys that stuff. And uh, so it's just like, uh, but, oh, man, I just crack up at that because I'm like, yeah, that's, I look at that every time. I'm like, who? Says that's who buys that. Yeah. That's who buys that. So. so you put in your time, you go to Texas Tech for that first. You're on the road now. You're, you know, might not be playing. But when, tell me about that first start, that first game. And obviously you're suiting up and you're, you know, you're on the line. Um, but it's different when you're like, hey, off you go kind of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So the first game would have been the following year, my third year. Okay. Uh, and I'm a redshirt sophomore. Uh, and it's actually, ironically, it was in AT&T Stadium. We played Florida State oh, wow. for our first game. And they had just won the national championship with yeah. Jameis the year before. And I remember I lined up on kickoff return. And uh, it was like, it's game time now. Like, this is the show. This is the arena where you want to play football right here. And uh, Boone Pickens has a special place in my heart, but obviously so does AT&T Stadium, uh, both in their right reasons. But, yeah, it was like, man, it's game time. And fortunately, I mean, you know, later we had a Tyreek Hill back then, and so it was like they had a pooch kick to me at one point because they're like, we're not kicking to that guy. And so I ended up <laughs> getting a kickoff return and taking it for, you know, yeah. 20 yards or so, nothing crazy, but it was my first real taste of it. And it was, uh, loved it. I mean, man, yeah, it was, uh, crazy fun. Yeah. Was, you, you mentioned redshirt sophomore. Why, why did, why did you redshirt? Uh, so my first year I wasn't obviously going to play. And so no yeah. reason to burn a, a year of eligibility. And so, year, yeah. yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Yeah. And that was like, you weren't even worried about like, I'm going to be in school for five years. You're just like, yeah, it's part of the process to me. Like yeah. why not maximize my time? I need time to grow anyways. I want to play for four years. So I'm going to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and honestly looking back, I wish I would have taken my, my first three years, my first year, okay, but my second, third year, I didn't take academics as seriously as I should have. I really should have pressed myself. I kind of didn't put as much time into it as I should have to yeah. go and get a, a master's, uh, which is something now that I'm like, man, I'm going to go probably look into something like yeah. that. Um, which the NFL does a great job. They do reimbursement programs for nice. guys who want to go back and get their master's. Nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about playing then. Like, obviously, the getting into it, suiting up, you obviously go that you get that first touch of the ball, first game, but um, then you go on to play a little bit more, right? And you get your starts and you start seeing a lot of progress and people start putting faith in you. 
remembering your name, mm-hmm. you know, putting you in there. Um, when does it become like, wow, I can, I love doing this. I could really do this. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say it was later on in the year. It was versus uh, Texas Tech again, um, this time at home. And uh, we line up and we run this play. It's like a, a pass over the middle. And uh, this guy on defense is like talking to me, like in my ear, like, oh, you're terrible. Like, why are you even play? And I hear the play and I'm like, okay, it's time. It's like, fine. this is my play. And I end up catching it over the middle of the field. And uh, I'm so excited and nervous and so open that I like almost trip over myself and fall down <laughs> mid play. But uh, <laughs> I stay on my feet and I score. It was like a 47 yard touchdown, which was amazing. And uh, I mean, man, there's nothing better, especially at home, to score a touchdown like that. Like in front of your fans, you score and you just look up and everybody's cheering. It's almost silent. It's so like. Amazing, and that's my first touchdown ever since Little League. You know, in high school, I played offensive line, so I never scored. And now I'm scoring a touchdown in front of 65,000 people. It's just like so surreal to see it all come together like that. But then, like every little piece, it's like, okay, now I've had a taste of that. What's next? And um, so, yeah, I mean, um, scored a few more touchdowns throughout my college career, and all of the same. I mean, on the road at home, I mean, it's just silence. It's, it's unbelievable how much yeah. like. Inter, like the experience of that is I wish everybody could feel it uh, so you are playing tight end this whole time then yeah yeah I mean as a tight end at Oakland State you kind of they pride guys on being versatile yeah. so lining up a little bit in the backfield um, on the line you know um, as a wing player and then also as a receiver inside and out so I wanted to make sure I was well rounded um, we had a good good group of guys. Me and Jeremy. Jeremy's more fullback, tight end. I was more tight end receiver. And then, as I said, my Krispy Kreme friend, Zach Veach, uh, he was more tight end fullback, too. Right. So I kind of got to spread out a little bit and run around. Yeah. Uh, Bedlam games. Any good ones? Uh, yeah, we had a few. Uh, Tyreek returned a punt punt return for a touchdown in Norman to make us bowl eligible one year. That would have been my... That had been my retro sophomore year, my third year. Okay. It was a, kind of a tough year for us, but um, that was really one that was like amazing for us to get us ball eligible. And um, obviously, nobody thought we had a chance. Unfortunately, I lost the other years. Um, unfortunately, but it's still, I mean, the environment of those games is so heated. Um, at that time, you spend so much time with these guys. You know, you're living with them. You're constantly just hanging out and. Uh, you know, not like it's, it's, it's like that in the NFL too, but it's everybody's got their own families and their own, you know, they're living by themselves. And in college, you're all just a bunch yeah. of buddies. And so the, the love that you have for each other is you go out there and put it online versus a rival, it's amazing. So uh, it's super intense. Yeah. yeah. I had um, a previous podcast guest called Dusty Baker, who was a kit man, kit manager in, for Oklahoma State in college. Mm-hmm. And he was a kit man during Gundy's I'm a man, I'm 40. Oh, really? Time. Yeah, he told a funny story about picking up the locker room when coach comes through and he's like, don't watch the news tonight, boys, or something. <laughs> um, but he, he, he told a bedlam story about being in Norman and just even the, even they were just getting like harassed by everybody. He's like, this is the worst place to go. Yeah, it gets intense. <laughs> it I mean, bad. and a lot of people do a good job. They put like you right on this, the student section. It's usually right yeah. on top of you. And so they're just talking to you the whole game. You got to blow it off and keep going but uh yeah texas uh tag um everybody everybody and i'd say west virginia's fans weren't crazy like they're crazy but they weren't 
talking to us, but like that experience there was pretty neat. I mean, yeah. it's just totally different feel than playing in Texas or, um, you know, Baylor or somebody like that. Yeah. Really cool experience. Uh, so you just, you know, you said about having your first touchdown, it's 47 yards, pretty, pretty long way to go. Uh, in front of a home crowd, guns go off, bullet comes on the field, greatest feeling ever. Um, Mom and dad in the stands as well. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, they were going crazy. Uh, they were really supportive for me. They they traveled well, especially my fourth and fifth year. Uh, scored in Kansas State one time, and they were right there. And so you knew exactly where they were. Yeah, yeah. I pointed up in the stands because like, I knew where my mom was, which was really neat and special yeah. for us. So uh, just yeah, amazing feelings. You know, just to see it all pay off like that. Like I said, yeah, like it's it's all fast paced, but the world just stops for a second. You kind of bring it all back in. Like this is what I've wanted. This is what I worked for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just amazing. It's crazy how like you're on the field, you look into the stands, you know exactly where they are, and you've got sixty five thousand people, and maybe there's a thousand people in that section, but you know exactly. You point in, you see them. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You mean you make a point to to know where they're at. And, you know. I I knew this, like I said, they were so supportive of me throughout this journey. It was important for me to you know to have that moment with them. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When does it get like I can do this as a career then, and then stop thinking about man, I'm going to get a job. Like, when are you, like, are you thinking, even if I don't get the NFL, I'm going to go to Canada or overseas? Like, when, when's that moment? Yeah, um, similar pr approach for me. It was like, hey, if I'm going to do this to the next level, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after it. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, at Oklahoma State, spread offense, we don't always use tight ends as much um, as other schools. And so I only had 26 or 27 catches my senior year. A few touchdowns, I think, like three. And uh, I was like, man, there's still, similar to me playing offensive line in high school and moving to the next level, I was like, there's still more that I feel like I can accomplish. I can give so much more to this game. I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm fast. I'm confident, I'm ready. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And uh, whether I'm a free agent again and you start, you climb all the way up and start back at the bottom, like, I'm okay with that. I'm ready for it. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, you talk to your agent. I don't know if you know Kelly Masters. I yeah, really that's, well, I think yeah. you do know Kelly. Yeah, yeah she's um, great. Uh, one of the best things I made was to go with Kelly to be my agent. Um, there's a lot of people out there who promise you the world, and she was much more realistic with me with things and said, "Hey, look, you know we're optimistic about rounds four through seven, but if not, you are you will be a first. Like people are going to come after you in preferred free agency, which yeah. is as soon as the draft ends at whatever time, like that last pick of the seventh round." It's like a frenzy. Uh, yeah. Teams are calling you, trying to get the, the, the guys that are not drafted to your team. And so uh, she was there with me every step of the way through that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, another crazy – I mean, we have a draft party and you're not drafted. It's kind of tough. But also, you know, the end result was getting picked up, which was yeah. amazing. And everybody, everybody – all my family and friends are there to support me through it. When does, like – I mean, Kelly's been on the podcast a couple of times. You know, we're recording the day after the Super Bowl. She's obviously there being super busy and crushing mm -hmm. it and with all her clients having a great time. Um, when do you meet her? When does she come on the radar? Uh, through the process? Yeah. I had like how does that process work? right after my bowl game, the Alamo Bowl, my my senior year. We had a I have a really good uh, family friend. His name is Rich Hills. He was actually a baseball player at OU when Kelly was there. Okay, and they know each other through that. And so I've had a few agents come at me, and uh, Rich was like, "Hey, I know Kelly very well." He's like, "And to have somebody I trust, yeah, trust somebody like that." 
was huge for me. It was important, and so that definitely helped. And so we kind of kicked it off right from there. And uh, like I said, she's she's just been amazing. If I call her and she doesn't answer, she calls me back within three minutes because she knows, you know, just just how she operates, which I really appreciate. Yeah, if she's not on a plane because she's always right. on a plane. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. I know. So uh, she, I don't know how she does it. She's so yeah. busy, but yeah, she's and even now, like she called me last week or a week before, kind of keeping me in touch with everything that's going on, saying, hey, these teams have still kind of reached out. Just want to keep your ear on it. And, you know, it's uh, it's awesome. You know, I don't ask her to do that. She does it for me. So That's really cool. Yeah, she kind of keeps me in the loop with other teams. Yeah. So after the draft party, then you don't get drafted. How quick do you get a phone call then? Like 30 seconds after the final. <laughs> like, yeah, like I said, it's kind of crazy. I had like five or six teams call immediately. Not yeah. me. They call Kelly. Yes, and yeah. so it's like... Um, Indianapolis, uh, Philadelphia, Dallas, Cincinnati, I think, call like two or three or more teams. And uh, immediately it was like between Philadelphia and Dallas for me, uh, just situationally wise. Grew up a huge Philadelphia fan. Similar to like OU transferring over to OSU, I went from Philadelphia to Dallas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> some people were like, how do you, how do, you do that? Yeah. Um, but uh, it kind of came between them, and Zach Ertz was in his prime, crushing it for Philadelphia, and they had a really good thing going on. And Dallas had Jason Witten, who was, I mean, he, he's going to be a Hall of Fame guy. He's just total, I mean, amazing guy. And uh, I was like, ultimately, when it came down to these two, I was like, I want to go play behind. I choose, I, mean, I want to go see what Witten has to offer. And uh, that's kind of where we went and uh, got to learn from him for a few years, which was, I mean, amazing, you know, yeah. priceless. What's the what was the first difference you noticed from just being around college to NFL when you get down to Dallas? Professionalism, uh, okay. which I expected to be yeah. different. Uh, everybody's just a little. I mean, it's you got to bring your A game every single day. There's a, obviously a lot on the line. It's no longer a game. It's a profession. You know, there's money on the line. There's families on the line. So uh, you get there and everything's just a little bit more serious every detail is a little bit more detailed and uh you to be successful you have to understand that and luckily you know i had a really good tight ends coach my first year it was very very detailed and it killed me but it was one of the best things that ever happened is every day he made me get out there 15 minutes early to practice and work on footwork or work on catching the football like 15 minutes every day no matter if it was Wednesday practice or, you know, the walk, like the walkthrough before the game on Saturday. Like, hey, we're getting out there and we're going to work on this. I don't care if you're playing or not. Like, we're going to do this. You're young. You need it. And I truly believe that it's hard uh, in this day and age. But, like, as a young guy, I think repetition is honestly one of the best things you can do. So it's muscle memory when things hit the fan. And you got a lot of other stuff you're looking at. At least I know my footwork's going to be correct. And so yeah. I owe uh, his name is Steve Loney. He's retired now, but amazing guy. And he helped me out and then had a, other two tight end coaches who were really amazing as well. Yeah. Kind of just helped me put the whole game together. It was, he was a offensive line guy. He had been offensive line coach for forever and was a tight ends coach. And then my second year, uh, Doug Nussmeyer, who's been an offensive coordinator and been around the NFL and the uh, college league for a long, long time. He was a he became my tight ends coach for my second, third year, and he gave he was a quarterback and just put the whole other picture of the game in my mind, which was I mean awesome. He was incredible. Yeah, it's amazing the vision that they have and like the, how they see everything plan out in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. Like just. You know, and you'd see that thing in the Matrix, and there's just like stuff going on. Yeah, right? and just, oh, that's man. how it looks to them. They yep. see runs, plays, everything. Yep, it's just it was you know, all, yeah. all outside the helmet. I remember talking to 
my conversations with my Titans coach is like first grade level football. Yeah. And then I'm sitting by Witten and Witten is talking riot, rocket science right beside me. Like this is, he sees, and we could be up 28-0 on a, a team and he's screaming to our defensive players on the field across like he knows exactly what's going on and he's screaming out what they're about to do because he just knows and he prepared so well for every game. And that's I mean, he, it's just kind of how he is. He just won that state championship with the team down in wherever he's at now in Texas. So he's a, yeah, he's got football figured out. I don't want to gloss over the fact that like your first coach had you out there for 15 minutes. Like it doesn't have to be hours and hours of reps. I mean, you are doing that anyway, but just an extra 15 minutes every day. Like people listening, it's not, you know, like that's huge. Yeah. You know, I mean, over a course of a season, that's a, that's an amazing amount of time that other guys didn't have that I did. And I grew because of it. You don't necessarily see it week one, week two, month one, month three, but you get to halfway through the season, you're starting to see like, Oh, Hey, Oh, he's doing that now. He doesn't have, and he's playing faster because of it. And that was a big thing for me. Play faster, play faster, play faster. And so, uh, I mean, without that, him making me dis- be disciplined about it. And then even after that, I still did it every day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was like, get out there, work on footwork, catch the football, just get going before practice starts, get your mind locked in, focused. Cause it's easy to just be like, ah, practice starts at, you know, 1.30, I'll be out there at 1.29. Like, guys do that, it was just important. It yeah, like what's, what am I gonna do here besides be on my phone, scrolling through Twitter for the next, you know, 15 minutes, get out there and play football and, yeah. and be a professional. Yeah. When you when you chose Dallas and you get that first contract, do you do anything special for the family? Uh, for the when I got on the team, mm-hmm. I had an amazing signing bonus compared to the other guys. No, it wasn't crazy. It was a few thousand dollars, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it was important. Like I was like, wait, let's go on a trip. And so I didn't pay. We just went. Like I paid my own way. Got my own room to Cabo, and we we spent like five days before I went to training camp. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. But after my my when I got to my second contract, that's where I really try to give back and yeah. you know help my parents out. Um, ended up paying for their house. I was like, Hey, look, you guys gave me this opportunity. So I'm going to do this for you. And you know, one of those extra special calls too. I, I got to do that in person with them, which was amazing. Like, Hey, I'm going to, how'd like, you do it? I remember I was, I just signed, um, and I, I was with my parents and I wanted it to kind of be organic. I didn't want to be like, Hey, let's go out to eat. And, uh, you know, make a scene of it. I was like, just pulled them aside and I said, Hey, look, I, uh, I'm doing this, you know, I want to, you guys, this, you guys gave me the opportunity back in 2012 for me to have the success I'm having today. And so it's important and it, it means a lot to me to be able to give back. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a very emotional moment too, that, you know, I always, you know, cherish with them. So, um, yeah. And what's awesome is they've never asked me for anything. You know, they've just down to earth. They're happy with my successes for myself. And uh, I think that's what made it even easier to, to help them out. Yeah. No, that, that goes a long way too, right? Because you saw the, the NFL or an NBA too and whatever the sports are, baseball, any any sport that someone in the family gets super successful, you, you know, sadly see people turn into a sponge right mm-hmm. and start like you know hey can you pay for this can you do that right. and you're like like that's added pressure as well right. and then you, you know adds into all the stats of why professional athletes go broke because yep. they're financing or you know they got everyone else on payroll yep which is you know. we, we had a really good brian wansley he's the um, player engagement guy down in dallas and he uh, had a lot of good meetings with him he's like hey look guys you may not change, but your family's dynamic is going to change whether you want it to or not. You need to understand, 
whether it's me or whether it's your agent, you need to have somebody be able to say no for you if you can't. And uh, that's important. You know, luckily, like I said, I didn't have a lot of those issues, but a lot of people do, and it's uh, it can be hard. It's just extra stress outside of the, the field that right. you don't need. Yeah. Uh, do you treat yourself at all during this time? Um, a little bit, yeah, here and there, you know, just uh, upgraded um, our house and got to, you know, just, I don't know, extra vacations here yeah. and there. I, uh, I definitely now try to instead of treating myself, put it towards, you know, passive income. That's going to yeah. be <laughs> helpful in the future. Uh, Investments and rent. Yeah, houses. right. You know, um, unfortunately, I didn't have a whole bunch of financial education. Sure. Like I said, I think that's why important for walk-ons to understand that commitment you're making. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first things I did when I got pulled up to the active roster. So just to go back a little bit, I yeah. got picked up. Um, then after the fourth preseason game, you make cuts down to the roster. Mm-hmm. And I got cut, picked back up by Dallas as a scout team guy. Okay. And then halfway through the year, got activated onto active roster. Gotcha. So and that's when that yeah. second contract comes in. Well, that's still you're still oh, on you're a still rookie on deal. Contract, still okay. on a rookie deal. Um, this is my first year in the league. Yeah. As a, uh, a scout team guy, you you, you did, I mean it's still great money, but it's not what you make sure. as an active roster yeah, guy. Yeah. And so that was once I got. Three weeks in, I ended up was like, "Hey, pay off all my student loans. Let's get that out of the picture, like right now." Because, uh, you know, I didn't even see the numbers until they kind of started knocking on my door, like, "Hey, you owe us money." And so it's like, <laughs> "Oh, um, yeah. that's reality." And so, uh, yeah, it was important for me. Kind of, I was in an amazing place in Dallas and Plano with my neighbors. Had amazing people around me to kind of help me start to look towards things. I mean, yeah. super successful people who kind of helped me just guide me and if I have any questions today they would be happy to go out of their way and kind of help me yeah. figure out what I'm, I'm going through yeah. so, which has been awesome during this first year you're kind of going back to relying on like your experience at Oklahoma State as a walk-on right you're back to that process of like every day has got to keep doing and, and yep. like that it's amazing when you look back you know like that time at Oklahoma State really prepared me yep. as a walk-on to do the same thing again right. in Dallas yeah yeah same thing uh, opportunities are few and few between as a free agent guy with four other tight ends in the room. Uh, you know, what actually helped me is Witt was 13th year in the league, so he had days off yeah. where, like, younger guys had to go play because he's just an older guy. He didn't, he, they don't want to put him through all that stress physically. And then we had two other tight ends go down. So there's only three of us left, and another one gets sick one day during uh, OTAs. Yeah. And so it was me and another guy had to do a whole practice first string guys, second string guys, third string guys, like we're rolling all day long. And you want to talk about like a mental like roller coaster going on. I barely know the playbook and uh, getting tossed into 75 plays in one practice. And, uh, yeah. But stuff like that, I mean, they, they put you through that for a reason. Same thing as coach asking me, hey, what's your name? Uh, same thing. They want to see if you can handle it. Even if you mess up, they want to see you move forward. Yeah. And uh, it's critical. Yeah. Learn a lot from those moments about yourself too. How's Jerry? Jerry's, uh, yeah, Jerry's what, what you was that see. Like, meeting him? Yeah, pretty cool. The first time I ever met him, we're in an OTA practice. And for people who don't know, in Frisco, it's, we have an indoor facility and we have two outdoor facilities, a grass field and a turf field. They sit just right next to each other. And a helicopter starts spinning over us. And the coaches know, oh, the, the security guys are like, all right, we need everybody to come over here by the, tel- or the uh, field goal post. 
And so we all like kind of stop practice for a few minutes and park it. And he lands his helicopter in the middle of the turf field, <laughs> comes out of the field. I was like, this is, it's, da- I mean, it, it is, it's the Dallas Cowboys, right. it's Jerry Jones, it, it yeah. is what it is. And uh, it was, I mean, amazing. I've had a few meetings with him throughout my days and uh, he's a genuine guy. He was a walk on too, so it was pretty cool to have the, yeah. that connection with him. Uh, I mean, once he wants to win, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, people can question how they run that operation, but uh, they they do it because they want to win, whether people agree with the direction they go or not. You know, it's uh, they built that to win. Yeah, you ever get kind of chance to just talk life with them one on one? Pick his brain a little bit. Not necessarily for a long period okay. of time. Uh, I had a one game in the NFL where I, I was I had a pretty good game, and it was right before New Year's. And uh, there's a club up there, they call it the Cowboy Club. And uh, it's like, it overlooks our practice facility. And uh, I was up there with some buddies enjoying New Year's Eve. And uh, he was up there and as I walked by, he kind of pulled me to the side and was just telling me, you know, talking to me about it for a second. Proud of me, but also saying, hey, look, we have a job to do, we're headed to the playoffs. And so uh, it was pretty, it was neat. It was really cool. That's awesome. Uh, how'd you meet Peyton? How'd you meet your wife? Yeah, she was a palm. She was on the palm squad mm-hmm. at OSU, and I was a fifth year. She was a freshman, and I don't know. She was she's from Tuttle, and oh, so no my mom had put in my ear like a year earlier, like, "Hey, there's this palm girl. That's, <laughs> like, she's gonna be on palm." Or whatever. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And then, <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a football player in Oklahoma State. I I have attention. Don't right, worry about right. it. <laughs> mom's trying to find you a wife. Exactly, exactly. A hometown wife. From exactly. Tuttle. I love that. Shout yeah. out to the mums. That's there. right. And uh, hey, it worked. <laughs> it did. Uh, anyways, we started talking and getting together and uh yeah it was amazing she was so supportive of me she had obviously a full-time job during football of palm and cheering on saturdays and then she would if she if we're in dallas she even if it was a noon game she would leave stillwater saturday night drive down to dallas go to the game and then either it was a noon game or a night game she would go and then like sunday night drive back that's awesome so i mean man you talk about support system uh she's been there through i mean Thick and thin, she's been amazing. Yeah, she's been really, really supportive, and I appreciate it all the way through. That's awesome. Yeah, she's a remarkable, good uh, mom too. There we go. So I mean, almost what we were like seven, eight months into being a to being a dad. Eight months. Eight months. Just crossed that a few days ago. So yeah. he's crawling around, going crazy. So. Why? Uh, Why did you name your son Beckham? Uh, we were just kind of going through names, and um, you know, we tossing around everything we could think of, and one day I was like. I wasn't even watching a David Beckham thing or anything. And, and what's funny is she had no idea who that was until I showed her a picture. She's, yeah, like, she's like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey. spices, I yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, yeah, just kind of like, yeah, that kind of that kind of sticks. Like we kind of like that. It's different, unique yeah. as a first name. And uh, but I mean, love it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. He's, he's a, he looks like a Beckham to me now. So <laughs> eight months of dad life. How, uh, talk about the challenges you've had in life and then you, you have a baby and become a dad so I'm sure those are huge challenges too yeah I mean like you're shell shocked your first three <laughs> weeks you're sleep deprived uh, he's been an amazing baby he sleeps yeah. seven to seven every night which is amazing so we're super spoiled with that he eats and he I mean he's growing like crazy but yeah I mean those first few weeks are I mean it's obviously it's life changing I and mean, it's everything about your day is I mean now that you got somebody you have to take care of and what's crazy it's like 
for me, it's like, like I just flipped a switch. It was like, I would love to watch this kid, you know, whatever I've got to do, I'm happy to give my time to help him. And so it's, uh, it's remarkable being a dad. I I love that. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So back to football a little bit, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of getting your, getting your chances. You're, you know, you're on special teams or getting, getting your plays and you see, you know, you obviously have a run of injuries, but before that you're, you know, climbing, you're on the rise, you're playing at, you know, for America's team, right? Like life's going to be pretty good up until you get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had three years in the NFL before I really had any serious injuries. I had like, you know, some stuff that slowed me down, but nothing that would debilitate me like my ACL did at first. Uh, and starting to play really, really well, growing confidence, uh, me and Dak are on the same page with everything. I'm in the offensive meetings and not only understanding it at a tight end level, but also as like a quarterback or an offensive lineman. We all work together, but we all have our own jobs. And so to to get to a level where I understand the total picture, like, and I think that was what's awesome is my rookie year, I had that coach who was an offensive line. So I understand what they're going through and have a quarterback come in, you know what the quarterback's looking for, where the tight end fits in every play, um, why it's important we block the way we block or we run the route the certain way we run the route. I mean, like I said, it's, everything is so detailed to win. I mean, you you watched the game last night. It's like that's a high-level football game. I haven't had that much fun watching football in a long time because both of those teams are so good. And, uh, I mean, what a game. Like, that's that's yeah. what football's about. And uh, so it was, uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just. It's like I don't even have to think now. It's just I play the game. And uh, unfortunately, just early in my first game of my fourth year, just, I just plant on my leg, and there it goes. And there, here comes like the emotional and physical, uh, you know, tough parts of the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it straight away. Yeah. Uh, I knew I had a torn ACL before I got to the sideline. I, I told I said, what happened? I said, my, my knee popped. And he said, it's an ACL. Yeah. And sure enough, you go back in the back and they, they can do a test within yeah. five seconds. And he's like, ACL. He's like, I'm sorry. But like, you know, we'll get it tested to make sure. But they know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, my, the team's still on the field. Now. I'm in the training room just... You know, it's tears are flowing. It's hard not to. You know, yeah. it's like you've worked so hard. You've made it through the hardest part of the year, which is training camp. Yeah, you're doing all this work and you're not playing uh, just to you know have a situation in the first game. And uh, like that was my first real injury I've had. Um, and then rehabbing that, I hurt my back trying to fix my knee, and so I have to go through another surgery get back and then my hip is like hey we don't I don't want to work either and so <laughs> go Just through a whole year bang 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 yeah bang. I mean they come in threes right that yeah. should be it uh, so yeah uh, but I mean I, I've had a lot of time over the last few years to, to think about it and it's, you know it's all God's plans right. it's, it's not my decision to make um, it's, but I'm grateful for everything I've had so far for the, you know, the positive, the negatives I've gone through because it's, I've had the opportunity to go play yeah. with the Dallas Cowboys at the highest stage and score touchdowns yeah. in the high, you know, in AT&T Stadium and other places around the world, the States. And so it's just been, man, it's been amazing. And like I said, I want to go back and finish it on my own terms, but uh, I have no regrets about any of it. You know, yeah. things happen for a reason. So um, I'm grateful for everything that I've been a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, anything keep you up at night? 
other than your child? <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's like, like we talk about that, uh, to be on the cusp of something that I thought, you know, I was headed towards, um, and then have it kind of taken away in a sense where you don't have the ability, um, especially for a long time as you rehab and try to get back. Yeah. It's, it's like, I want to be what I thought I could accomplish. And I, I got so far down the road, you know, my whole, my whole trajectory of football, I'm just doing this and then you just drop. And uh, that's mentally, I mean, that's taxing. And like I said, shout out to Peyton because she's really been there. She, she lets me have those bad days where I'm just like extra stressed or tense because, you know, that stuff's on my mind of, you watch football and I can sit there on the couch and she hates watching it with me because I'm like, I, I kind of know, I see what's happening and, and she's like, sometimes it's good, sometimes she's like, Blake, go to the other room, I don't want to hear you <laughs> right now. And it's not like that all the time, but I'm just, you know, that uh, frustration sets in at times. But that's also what kind of keeps me going and rehabbing and stuff like that because I want to get back, but if I can't, I want to make sure that I give it every possible, every, I mean, I want to, throw everything at it and if I can't get back hey at least I, I tried I had no regrets I, I, I gave it everything I had no you're right like and I think it's different right if you to just like you kind of throw the towel in now right and, mm-hmm. and it's just you know in, in 10 years time you're like man I kind of still wanted to give it a go right yeah right. and I think that doing this is uh, whether I if I don't go back it's closure at least for me you know hey I, yeah I would have loved to go back I tried I truly did and I can't um but this particular hip injury, guys don't usually come back from that. And so that's also another thing. I'd like to be the first Prove one to go wrong. back and, and do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over your time then in the NFL and being around guys, you mentioned, you know, Witten and Dak, and, and, and you know, you're also playing against, you know, top-tier athletes. Ever have any kind of, like, I'm a 16-year-old boy moments that I'm lining up against someone after? Yeah, I mean, I tell do. me about I, those. I you just, like, in, in the group text with your buddies, you're just like, I lined up against this guy. People ask He's me, like, a monster. Yeah, what's your, like number one like oh that's a that guy's good yeah. moment is uh first game right before i tear my acl it's like the first quarter and uh we're playing the the rams and aaron donald's on the other side and uh the first play of the game is supposed to be a g scheme where tight end blocks down you pull the guard and get the guys out pitch the ball to running back balls on the edge and uh, i start on the right side of the ball and Dak's gonna motion me over and block down and it's, it's the first game that you don't know how they're gonna line up Got some pretty good guards in there, so you think Aaron Donald's going to be inside. Well, sure enough, we line up, and I'm on the right side of the ball, and I see Aaron Donald's not in the spot that he should be. He's one wider, and he's a defensive end, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And so Dak motion, like he steps back to motion me across the line. And I'm like, Dak, we're not doing this. I'm literally like, dude, run a different play. I'm saying this to him on the line, and he's like, quit messing around. Come on. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. And I crumb across, and we, so we snap the ball. I take good footwork. I'm low. I strike. I got him. And he just picks me up off the ground. Aaron Donald is a powerful man. And uh, he's calling me a boy as he's picking me up. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. Like, I can't do anything here. And uh, it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, that's uh, I. They got me, you know. Uh, stuff like that happens where you play guys. You're just like, ah, this is not going to be good. And uh, luckily, I don't have a whole bunch of those moments. Uh, but that's definitely one that sticks out to me where it's like, ah, that's not good. That's not going to look good on film the next day. 
<laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like I just signed a new contract. I'm, I'm on top of the world, and uh, that's like a reality moment. Here it is. So yeah, don't care what's in your bank account now, boy. Exactly. I just destroyed you, and yeah. I'm going to be here all day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what's the? How's the trash talk compare at the NFL level compared to college? Elevated because everybody's good, you know. Um, it, it's still in college. It's a lot of fun too. But yeah, NFL. I mean, guys can back it up, you know, hundred percent. So it just makes it more fun out there. You love it. Like you don't want a quiet game. You want guys talking to you the whole time. I think it's best for both sides. Yeah, you kind of catch clips games. here and there. Quiet games more worrying, <laughs> right? right? It's yeah, just like it's kind of bit, you're in your own head more. Mm-hmm. Guys, like exactly it's quiet. It gives you something to think about and talk about instead of yeah. just stressing out about what's going on. God, what, uh, obviously you've been out for a little bit. What do you miss? Uh, the guys, you know, the locker room, um, obviously been a big part of my life, just always being on a team sport and not having that all the time has been, been tough at times. Uh, you know, I'm not like the most vocal guy by any means, but you love just having stuff go around and just hanging out with the guys. So, um, to not have that's tough at times, but that's why doing the rehab stuff's good for me that have that competitive spirit still with those guys. Yeah. You have anything like in Oklahoma that you can kind of pick off the field at the moment that you kind of replicate that with, like you go on trips with buddies and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. I, uh, I still stay in touch with a lot of guys. It's hard. Uh, like I said, we all have families now. And so yeah. when you're not all in the same state, it's tough. Um, I've got buddies from high school I hang out with and stuff like that. But, and I've seen Dak, I, I saw Dak at, um, the Big 12 championship this year when they played Texas, OSU did. I hit him up and I was like, hey man, uh, are you using your suite? I'd love to, you know, buy it for me this week. And he's like, I'm actually going to go. And he's like, why don't you bring your wife? And so that was really cool. So we got to go, I got to catch up with him a little bit. So uh, I stay in touch with those guys as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you, I mean, looking looking in the future a little bit, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, it's, you know, it's God's plan and, and whatever happens, happens. You mentioned getting into business a little bit. Um, what you know, if you could wave the magic wand, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to, you know, whenever you decide and whenever you have your final closure with with professional sports, like, what uh, what's kind of the, the ideal way to kind of progress and go into yeah. the other side of the world? Yeah, um, I think that I see myself more on the real estate side of things. Yeah. I've got a few Airbnbs in a small event space down in Texas and Airbnb out in New Mexico for some reason, but it does really well. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I'd like to kind of get in the construction side of things and maybe do small uh, developments and things like that. Like I said, I really have no clue what I'm getting into with that. Uh, but I've got some really good friends that I think that I could kind of get in their ear about. And I think they'd be, I mean, they're, they're really good guys. I think they'd help me just kind of understand at least what I'm getting myself into. So um, I've got a lot of people that I kind of always talk about investments with uh, and things like that, which is also awesome. Like try to build that passive income for the future. Yeah. Uh, it's just right now, yeah, do I do I want to go get a, just a normal job or do I want to, you know, see what I can do yeah. as an entrepreneur? Yeah, just stay away from a normal job as nine much as possible, I was said right? the other day, she's like, Blake, I've, like, I've known you for a long time and a nine-to-five is not you. <laughs> I was like, I know. I, I know. I don't know how I can survive that, but nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. It's just, I mean, I'm just not my, I don't think that's in my DNA. Yeah, not at all. Uh, Tell me about your, do you have a home gym set up? Yeah, I do. Tell uh, about that. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm actually invested in a company called Oxfit, okay. which is a tech-based um, fitness program. Or, and it, we have, um, it's like a at-home gym in itself. It's a big platform that you can, they have a, you know, like a big time 
uh, platform and like a smaller home. And I actually have both. My wife loves the smaller one. The bigger one's got a little bit more that can help me. And what's cool about it is it's got, it's got like tech behind it. So, uh, it can track my velocity and my power and okay. things like that. And it's got a, you know, a, a, a plate on the bottom so it can tell if I'm deficient, if I'm leaning into my left or my right and it can tell how much power I'm producing left to right. So yeah. it's been pretty nice, uh, to have that ability by myself. And as, as I rehab too, it's got, you know, it can just kind of help me show me velocity from my right side to my left side. Okay. Cause that's a big thing for me, creating that power and that force again. Yeah. Is it like cables and stuff? It's all motorized cables. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's as easy as like, say you want to do a bench press, you can lower and sure. with a button, it'll lower the, the bench down. Or if you want to do a squat, you just raise it back up. And then I just click like 185 or 225, like yeah, by a button yeah. and push load and right. then it just loads it up right there. And it's got the ability to do like, um, it can it can act as like a chain set or any other set and so it's it's got like instead of putting weight on all the time you just push a button and it kind of manipulates yeah. it so it's pretty neat yeah it's, cool. it's really really cool stuff and so you invested in that yep nice yeah we've got a lot of um athlete investors and so it's it's been cool to see that company grow and uh, be a part of it yeah yeah i'm sure as a professional athlete you've got people coming to you with opportunities and it's kind of nice to have someone like kelly i guess who just like you don't want to do this one this one sounds awesome be careful of this one. yeah like, right just yeah. to manage that just to have like counsel in my yeah. you know just to be able to call and talk about stuff like that is amazing and she's like i said she, she'll tell it to me straight what she thinks and yeah. she's like like it's your you know it's your, ultimately your decision here's just what i want you to think about yeah. finishing up let's talk about food talk about the good food for now uh, i say the good food the stuff that you're supposed to be eating um <laughs> what's your kind of you know what's your day-to-day like for for meals and obviously as a professional athlete you've got to be on top of that what's that like yeah um i have a pretty heavy red meat diet right now with a lot of bison actually okay uh, i bought half a bison about a year ago and me and my wife usually four times a week that's kind of in our diet outside of that chicken or you know fish or something like that and uh try to stay away from all the the sugar but every now and then ice cream slips into the occasion uh <laughs> that's right Tuttle. it's close Tuttle, to home total company i mean i gotta yeah. support right so why do you, i mean i can't believe you don't have a brand deal with them man. i know yep um my wife and Tuttle, she used to go to, to church with the brahms family so yeah. it's pretty neat uh but yeah i try to keep it clean um so you can't like trying to do the carnivore diet stuff or not somewhat as, not as intense. I've thought about going full carnivore, um, meat and eggs. Yeah. Meat and eggs. I just don't know. Like I actually enjoy eating salads and things like that. So, um, as long as I keep it clean, I don't always, when yeah. I travel, I obviously kind of lose myself a little bit and yeah. indulge, but, uh, usually, you know, Monday to Friday, I'm, I'm trying to keep it put together pretty well. What's, uh, talk about the bad food then that, that's good for the mind and soul. Tell me about some of your favorite spots. Oh man. Um, you've got a neighborhood jam. Yeah. I took my wife cause I was out of town this weekend. So I was like, I'm going to take them to, Great to, to, oh, I love it. Yeah. I got the sweet potato hash and a bagel yes. this morning. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, you know, I love like Buffalo Wild Wings too. Is kind of like another one I go to. And okay. I'll eat like twenty five wings like a savage. <laughs> and I'm like, I should not have done that. <laughs> Spend some extra time in the sauna the next day to kind of sweat it out, feel better about myself. Yeah. Um, what heat level are we at for the uh, wings? Uh, medium. I don't go super hot. Like I like the Asian zing or like that level of hot. Yeah. Um, nothing crazy like blazing or anything like that. Yeah. 
yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, it's like I want to enjoy my food. One time when I was yeah. a kid, I ate a pepper that I wasn't supposed to eat, and I, I learned fast. I was miserable for like three hours. It's like, <laughs> look, like know your limits, man. Chugging <laughs> <laughs> milk. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, mate, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, I know you're busy, um, so I really appreciate you coming in, sharing some stories, uh, sharing about where current life's at. Obviously, you know you're balancing trying to get back uh, in the NFL, being a dad, um, you know, and, and obviously you have a life, a wife, and you know all the investment stuff as well. So I know it's not easy, and so I really appreciate you coming in, chair. Just over an hour of your time to tell some stories, reminisce about you know sometimes in Oklahoma State, and then uh, maybe a little fire fire you up to get you back yeah, to yeah, back to the absolutely. NFL by the end of the year. What's the what's the process for this year? Like what you said, getting down to Dallas soon. Like how is this rest of the year going to look like for you? And if everything goes to plan, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so right now, still kind of everybody. This is kind of I think the perfect time because everybody's kind of. Uh, still off. Season's over. Yeah, like everybody's taking a little bit of time to get their bodies back. And uh, so I'll ju- my plan is just to jump right in with the when they start up programs because OTAs will start coming up in May. So it's about time to get rolling again. And you want to yeah. go through about a six to eight week program. Uh, we'll see. I'll reevaluate kind of early May, see how I feel. Um, my goal ultimately is to see how I feel late July. Okay. Where am I at late July? And that'll kind of be a telltale sign of where my what my future holds for myself. Super. Well, yep. wish you all the best for that. Uh, for people listening, I will put your Instagram down if they're not already following you in the description, and uh, they can go check out and keep uh, keep tabs on you. And wish you all the best to get back full, fit, and healthy, and signing a contract. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Having yeah. Me. For people listening, uh, thanks so much. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmond. Citizens Bank of Edmond has been serving Edmond since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond. As well as, go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, so yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.